Hey, murder lovers, my name's Mackenzie. And this is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Do we have any business to address? We're back. We're back. <laughs> Sorry for the hiatus. Life happens. Quarantine life happens. Yeah. Things just got... I feel like we're, up that we're busier attention. than ever, and we're not supposed to be this busy. No, but I i mean, we both luckily have jobs that have kept us going this whole time, mm-hmm. so business is going um, as usual, albeit at home, but yeah. as usual, um, and we both work in the transportation businesses, so Things right along. moving, yep. yes. So sorry about that, but I mean, I know that it definitely was good to take a little break too, a little, little refresh, and I found some really good stories. I can't wait to hear what you did, what you did your research on. This is total surprises to both of us because we both don't know what we researched. Hopefully we didn't do the same damn that thing. That would be, <laughs> the chances of that happening you think would be slim to none, oh, but, but it could happen. you never know. I think mine are obscure enough that... Um, they did get some time on the news, and they might ring some bells once we start talking about Mine them. Mine, too. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I have one that's from Idaho, and one that's from, oh, man. Oh, from London. Oh, mine's good, then. Texas, okay. California. Look okay. at that. Perfect. We, we did four different areas, so that's great. Great. Who's going to go first? I think I go first this week. Okay. Because, oh, yeah, 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 you did the uh, Slave Master episode. Oh, that's right. That I still awful. get messages about the Catfish episode. People just love that one. Oh, good. Yeah. I almost always, like, if somebody messages me, it's because they're at the part where I'm like, let me guess. And they're like, all right, this is my guess. <laughs> like, they feel the need to guess, too. <laughs> oh, they're taking guesses on who yeah. it might be. Yeah. That's they're like, awesome. okay, this is my guess. And then every single time, it's like, it was Angela? or awesome. what? Who? Yeah, Angela. Angela. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I know that was my surprise too. Twists That's and great. turns. So speaking of people messaging and getting in touch with us, something that came up during our little break was that we would love to hear from you guys. So if you have stories either that are in the area of catfishing, if you've ever been catfished, and or if you have a spooky tale, we'd love to hear it. So we'll let you know at the end where you can where you can send them into, but just keep that in the back of your mind. We'd love to hear you guys. Yeah. Story time. I don't want to start this. Weird segue. <laughs> Hard cut. Today we're not talking about murder. What? So there's that. Okay. I know. I didn't think I was possible of doing anything other than that. <laughs> um, but this one was an interesting story for, to me as soon as I heard it on the news. Um, and it's always been kind of in the back of my head as something that I wanted to do. So I'm going to go about this in a classic storytelling way and jump to where things get good and then we'll backtrack. Hey, that's, I'm taking that approach later on too. Cool. Okay. So on January 14th of 2018, just a couple years ago, Jordan Turpin was 17 years old when she escaped her childhood home and called 911 to report that her and her siblings were being held captive in their home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good story. I know. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you found out. She was actually using a brother's cell phone that she'd taken. It was deactivated, but fun fact, deactivated cell phones can still call 911. And it was approximately 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Lucky for you guys, I have the 911 call. Oh, stop it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that is so cool. 
That's probably my favorite thing to hear on True Crime Podcasts. I know. One state your emergency? No, um, yes, I'm still here. What's your name? Gordon Turpin. Okay, I live in a family of 15 people, and my parents are abusing, they abuse us, and my two little sisters right now are chained up. There's 13 kids, and then a mother and father. And how many of your siblings are tied up? Two of my sisters, one of my brothers. How are they tied up, with rope or with what? With chains. They're chained up to their bed. I've never been out. I don't go out much, so I don't know anything about the streets or anything. Do you think anybody in the house will need to go to the hospital? I'm not sure. Sometimes we live in filth, and sometimes I wake up and I can't breathe because how dirty the house is. When was the last time you had a bath? I don't know, almost a year ago. But sometimes I feel so dirty. I wash my face and I wash my hair. Does anybody at the house take any kind of medication? Oh, I don't know what medication is. Are you homeschooled? No, we don't do school. Our mother tells people we're homeschooled. Our mother tells people we're private school. And she has a fake private school set up. But we don't really do school. I haven't finished first grade and I'm 17. I don't know much about my mother. She doesn't like us. She doesn't spend time with us ever. Hi. Is that the deputy? Um, yes. Go talk to him, okay? Holy shit. She's 17? So that was the 911 call from Jordan to the police department. And police responded and found that David Allen Turpin and Louise Ann Turpin were living in a dark, disgusting, just mess of a house um, with their 13 kids. The smell in the house was, it was just like utterly describable. Yeah. Just living in filth. As you heard, Jordan said that they, she She hadn't had a bath in a year. Right. And she said she couldn't breathe sometimes. Yeah. I can't imagine. So they went room to room, these police officers, and eventually they came across kids, what they believed were kids, chained to their beds. And police thought that they were dealing with mostly children, not realizing that all of the children of David and Louise were not actually underage, but they thought that they were because they were so malnourished. Um, The kids actually ranged in ages from 2 to 29 and seven of them were over the age of 18, but the police officers thought they were all underage. Oh, shit. So they just looked skinny and just, that's yeah. awful. The oldest was Jennifer, and she was 29 years old. She weighed in at 82 pounds. Whoa. So who are these parents? David Turpin was born on October 7th, 1961, and his wife, Louise, was born on May 24th of 1968. They met when David was 17 and Louise was 10. What? Yeah. Um, Okay. They married in 1985 when David was 23 and Louise was 16 after he checked her out of high school and they eloped. What? So she was 10 when they met. They got married when she was 16. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there were some things happening to her at 10 years old that should not have been happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And for her to make the marriage decision by 16? Absolutely. Her parents were reportedly pretty mad about this, but only to to the extent that her dad wanted her to have a proper wedding. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Was this in California? Do you know? 
Okay. They lived in Virginia. Um, so when they when, when they married and everything, it was in Virginia. Yeah. Okay. So David reportedly became a computer engineer and graduated from Virginia Tech. Um, Louise only ever identified as a homemaker on court documents. She never graduated high school. Apparently, they were both very religious. They followed Pentecostalism and the Quiverful Movement. What is that? The Quiverful Movement is basically like the Duggars. Got it. So they believe that children are a blessing from God. They don't use any birth control or have any type of sterilization. They think that all of babies are God's plan. Okay. So they had 10 daughters, three sons, and they told their families that they were keeping or that they kept having children because God had called them to do that. Yeah. Now, I mean, do you if you have the money to do that, but that's And a you're not going to abuse children. them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're living like the Duggars, then by all means, they got it. They got the, they got it made. That's because they did a TV show, though. That's true, too, though. But anywho, so a little background on Louise. Louise's sister has stated that her, the sister, Louise and their cousin were both are all sexually abused by their grandfather. Another sister claimed that their mom would sell them to be sexually abused by men. Louise's sister, one of the sisters wrote a book called Sisters of Secrets and described Louise as obsessed with witchcraft, satanic rituals, Ouija boards, snakes, just like really into dark kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dark stuff. The other sister said that the couple explored various religions and engaged in swinging. Okay. So They lived in Fort Worth, Texas after they got married until 1999. Then they moved to Rio Vista where they lived until 2010. When they moved out of that house, neighbors actually checked the property. They found feces in the house, garbage piled up on the property, dead cats and dogs stashed in a trailer. Stashed? Yeah, like their bodies dumped in there just rotting away. And the beds had ropes tied to them. However, nobody felt the need to report this. Right. Ropes on beds, bad sign. Just right. gonna with kids involved, bad sign. Yeah. How do you not even ask what's going on? Yeah. Well, they'd moved already. Right. But at least I mean, like but you yeah, said, report it. Report it. Raise some kind of flag. They filed for bankruptcy in 2011. They had two hundred and forty thousand dollars in credit card debt. On the documentation for the credit card debt, he was listed as an engineer and also the principal of Sandcastle Day School. This is the school he operated out of his house for his own kids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He was literally just delusional. At this point, the Turpins were living in Paris, California. I hope I'm saying that right. Somebody will tell me. Is it not Paris? I don't don't know. know. P-E-R-R-I-S. P-E-R-R-I-S? Yeah. You guys can let me know. It quacks like a duck, so. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to cities. And um, they were actually planning on moving again to Oklahoma because the neighbors had started to notice that there was something that was going on. Okay. Anytime the kids were seen outside, which was rarely, they always appeared very pale, malnourished. They would skip. They never walked or ran. They only skipped. They skipped? They skipped. And if somebody tried to talk to them, they would freeze and not respond. Oh, weird. Almost like if they like stood still enough, you wouldn't be able to see them. Just deer in headlights. They yeah. They know what to do. They'd already received warnings for code violations of overgrown lawn and weeds. But inside the house, things were definitely much, much worse. So the kids were often shackled, beaten, and strangled. Um, sometimes they were tied up for weeks, if not months on end. Wow. 
they were only allowed to eat one time per day and shower once per what? year. One okay, so that was not just that the was one not kid, just her everyone? guessing. Yeah, they were allowed to shower what? one time per year. I also read that somewhere that they would get in trouble if they washed their hands above the wrist. It's, I don't know why people want to live in filth like that. I have no words. They had no idea what medicine was or what a police officer was. They'd never been to a dentist. It had been four years since any of them had visited a doctor. And the kids said they were originally being tied up with ropes until one kid escaped. And then the parents started using chains and padlocks to shackle them to their beds. Oh, jeez. Feces covered the house as they were not allowed to use the bathroom. And the girl who called 911, Jordan, reported that David, her dad had actually pulled her pants down when she was 12 and forced her to sit on his lap and often tried to kiss her on the mouth. No. Luis also choked one of the daughters, asking her if she wanted to die, and then said, you want to die and go to hell, and, like, tried to choke her out. What the hell for? No idea. Wow. The kids had actually been planning to escape for about two years, and on this particular morning, two of the girls left, Jordan being one of them, and then 13-year-old Jolinda who turned back out of the, to the house after she got lost and was scared. Jordan, however, kept pushing on. Also, you notice that all the kids have a J name, just like the Duggars. I was just going to ask, was it all J names? All J names, just like the Duggars. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, she called police and they met up with her. She showed photos that she'd saved on that cell phone. So they'd been oh. taking like photos behind their parents' back. So she about had it then. She oh, yeah. She was ready to bring the hammer down. Yep. So police raided the house and found 22-year-old Jonathan still chained to a bed. 14-year-old Joanna and 12-year-old Jalissa showed fresh shackle marks, so they do believe that those were the two girls that Jordan had said were chained up. Right. The kids were starved and filthy, and Louise appeared incredibly confused as to why the police were arriving at the house. Police said the parents were unable to provide a reason why their kids were being restrained, The kids were taken to the hospital and admitted to the pediatric unit because police thought that they were all underage. Oh, okay. They were described as friendly and seemed actually relieved to be in the care of the hospital. And the parents were arrested on charges of child endangerment and torture. They were held at Riverside County Jail on bail of $9 to $12 million each. Whoa. Hundreds of... stacked them for every kid or something? Yeah. Because that's a lot. And... They found hundreds of journals that were taking into evidence on the property where the kids had actually documented their experiences. Oh, they had? hmm Oh, that's huge. So they were charged with 12 counts of tor- torture, 12 counts of false imprisonment, 7 counts of abuse of a dependent adult, and 6 counts of child abuse. David also received a charge of a lewd act uh, on a child under the age of 14, and they pled not guilty to the charges. A restraining order was put in place for a period of three years between the kids and the parents, preventing any type of contact between them. Okay. And then from there, charges just continued to be added, including perjury for filing documents with the Department of Education saying the kids were being homeschooled oh, when they weren't. that's right. So eventually they faced 50 charges, and only one charge was dropped, and that was child endangerment for the two-year-old. There was no evidence that this kid had actually ever been abused. Okay. Probably still too young. Right. Was it... Did- the abuse start at a certain age for everyone? They didn't say. Okay. But this two-year-old kind of seemed, seemed unharmed. Yeah. Okay. So on October 5th, a trial readiness hearing was held, and the judge declined the defense's request for Louise to seek mental health treatment outside of custody. 
Um, oh, this okay. was for histrionic personality disorder, and she was diagnosed with this after being arrested. Now, histrionic personality disorder is a condition that affects the way a person thinks, perceives, and relates to others. Genes play a role here, but often abuse can increase these risks. So people that suffer from this personality disorder seek attention, talk dramatically with strong opinions, are easily influenced, they rapidly change emotions, and they think relationships are closer than they are. Well, I bet if she started a relationship at maybe age 10, allegedly, with this, with David, then it's probably safe to assume that she had an unhealthy view of relationships. Right. Right off the bat. Exactly. So, and there's, yeah, so, like, this could go several ways. You have, at the time, an older guy who's influencing a younger girl who had suffered abuse and is easily influenced by what he might want to do. Not saying that this is, like, she's innocent in all of this. Like, she literally is abusing her own kids, but. But at the same time, that's probably all she knew, which is sad. Right. Not excusing it, but it making it make sense. It at least provides a why. Right. If the judge had approved this request, Louise would have been released for treatment, and it's possible that the charges would have been dropped against her altogether within two years. Oh, for the mental... Yeah. Okay. Which is why I think part of the reason the judge said hell no. Right. So the defense attorneys also filed for a change of venue due to publicity, but no decision on this was ever reached as the Turpins appeared in court on February 22nd, 2019. Um, They pled guilty to one count of torture... Three counts of willful child cruelty, four counts of false imprisonment, six counts of cruelty to an adult dependent, and this meant they pled guilty to one crime per child. Oh, okay. They were sentenced on April 19th to life in prison with possibility of parole after 25 years. Okay. During sentencing, two of the kids gave a statement. Um, They were actually accompanied by Raider, who was the facility dog from the Corona PD. Oh. Okay. Corona PD too soon? We don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I guess like the girl got really nervous during the whole thing and got really upset and she was sitting there like just petting the dog. Oh, so he was just a support animal. Yep. He was there to support her. How old were the kids that gave their testimony? Um, They didn't say, although they were uh, clearly adults based on some of the things that they said. Um, their identities were actually blocked um, they were listed as Jane Doe number four and okay. John Doe number whatever. Sure. So she said, the daughter who spoke said, my parents took my whole life from me, but now I'm taking my life back. I'm a fighter. I'm strong. And I'm shooting through life like a rocket. Their son said that he had had nightmares about them being chained and beaten he said that he's now in college working towards a degree in software engineering. He's learned to swim. He's learned to ride a bike. And he said he loves his parents and he's forgiven them for the things that they've done to them. Oh, bless him. I mean. The parents also gave statements during sentencing. Louise said, I'm sorry for everything I've done to hurt my children. I love them more than they could ever imagine. To which I say you're absolutely uh, right because nobody could imagine no that you love imagine. them. No one imagine. Right. Yeah. David's statement read that he hoped his children would be successful and that they would remain close to one another. He said that he was sorry if he'd done anything to cause them harm. So they they didn't even acknowledge. He literally said, I'm sorry if I've done anything to cause you harm. That's a terrible time to, no, that's, no. 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 It's not if. You definitely did, you fucking moron. So Judge Bernard Schwartz was residing over this case, and when he addressed the defendants in uh, sentencing, he said the following, which I've left all 
in here because I think that it's really to the point. Good. Okay. He said, children are indeed a gift, not only to their parents and family, but also to society. Maybe they'll become a scientist and discover a cure for some disease or go on to be a doctor or first responder and save someone's life. Maybe they'll enter the military and protect our country. The selfish, cruel, and inhumane treatment of your own children has deprived them, your family, your friends, and society, and especially both of you from those gifts. Their lives have been permanently altered and their ability to learn, grow, and thrive. To the extent that they do thrive, it will not be because of you, but in spite of you. Wow. Mic drop. For mm. real. I was like, yes. Go judge, go. Go on with yourself. <laughs> and then they were sentenced to life in prison. And people have continued to follow up, expressing interest in the kids. So in April of 2020, which is just this year. Oh, wow. District Attorney Kevin Beachman, and missed apparently quarantine, said that some of the kids were living independently in their own apartment with jobs and attending school and church. One had graduated college. Um, the underage kids were adopted. And some of the adults were living in group homes. So they were being taken care of. Those close to the couple, including their family, said that they were actually shocked by the news and had no idea what was going on. Seriously? Supposedly. That's what the sister said. That's what David's parents said. When they renewed their wedding vows, the guy that did their wedding vows or whatever, the kids were in attendance for it. He said that he had no idea, that they all appeared to be fine. What the Everybody fuck? was surprised. Her sister said that she tried multiple times to, like, FaceTime them and have conversations, and Louise would just act like they were busy and wouldn't let her see the kids, which she thought was odd, but she didn't think it was, like, to that extent. So I'm assuming no one ever went to their house. It doesn't sound like it, right. or if they did, that they weren't allowed access, but no, I don't think that anyone ever did. Right. That's a whole, that's a big family to keep hidden. Like but that. I think that's part of their frequent moving, too. Right. So they were probably weren't that close to close family where they were living then. Right. Because they were able to avoid them. Right. Oh, that's awful. Ugh. Yeah. That is the story of the Turpins. Dude, that 911 call is crazy. Her Okay. Maybe. No, she sounds a lot younger. Her voice is terrifying to I, me because she sounds like a scared again. child. Right. But that's... like more than a 17-year-old. It's like a very like horror filmy, creepy voice. It is. And then and, then, and that's why I had to re-ask you if she was the 17-year-old yeah. because it sounded like a 13, 14-year-old tops. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just some of the words that she was using and some of the language that she, she was using was beyond a 13 14 year old which is good but then that was scary she's like i don't know what medication is yeah she had no oh, idea oh man yeah they're like are you any of you guys taking any medication i don't know what that is right and she just kept right on she just kept on going with other stuff yeah but she sounded like she knew i can't imagine how many times she probably played that conversation in her head before calling 911 yeah it sounded like she knew what she needed to get out yeah. She does get a little sidetracked and just being like, our house is so filthy that sometimes I can't breathe and I wake up feeling like I can't right. breathe. It's like. So that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. That's probably a conversation she rehearsed over and over in her head. Probably. You know, things that she wanted to get out right off the bat, like to make sure that the situation seemed, you know, urgent to someone on the phone. Do right. we know if they had access to like television or. It doesn't sound like they had phone access a lot of the time, but. Um, it doesn't really say whether or not they had access to 
television or anything like that. It sounds like phones might have been part of the equation, but they were off, they were deactivated. So I don't know for what purpose. Although the daughter did somehow manage to upload some videos of her singing to YouTube. So she had a couple of YouTube uploads of her sitting oh. on the floor singing. Prior to this mm -hmm. bombshell? Okay. So there must have been some type of internet access. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because her her vernacular doesn't sound like someone who doesn't have access to the outside world, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just her words are, are, you know, more advanced than I thought they would from someone that's completely sheltered. So it just sounds like maybe they have some connection to the outside world, but obviously not to the extent of a normal person. Right. Wow. That's I know awful. the sister has done interviews, like Louisa's sister has mm -hmm. done interviews with, I think, Dr. Phil and stuff like that. But oh, she wrote okay. that book. So. Oh, she wrote a book. Yeah, The oh. Sisters of Secrets or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Where she talks about their abuse and everything like that. It's almost like she, like, capitalized on the opportunity. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, which because makes you, me feel very icky. you don't know what the icky. fuck is going on. How do you capitalize on the abuse of your nieces and nephews is my question. And not one, two, but how many? Thirteen? Thirteen, yeah. Thirteen people. Yeah, and she was like, you know what I should do? I should write a book. And what are you going to write about? You don't know what the fuck was going on until well, later. Well, she wrote about, you know like, I mean? their abuse growing up. Oh. Because she, so she said that they were sexually abused by the grandfather, that mom sold them, those kind of things. So she writes about that and, like, how her sister was into witchcraft and weird dark shit. So Yeah. Okay. So that was her angle. Yeah. Just kind of let, let me tell you about our childhood. Yeah. Still, still doesn't excuse it, but that's heavy to keep that many kids and adults and that's the thing it's like they i don't think they had any idea that they were old enough to have their own rights right like you are you are grown you right. can leave you can legally which leave i guess in this country i mean maybe that was part of them holding them hostage and you know when you're not educated and you don't <laughs> you don't even know how to get down to the end of your street then your options are a little right. limited as far as being able to go and be an independent adult that's awful. And the adult children were allowed to stay at the hospital for two months because they had nowhere else to go. They had nowhere to go. The, they didn't know how The to... younger kids could be put into foster care, but they were too old. Oh, so the adult ones were allowed to stay in the hospital. Yeah, until they figured out other arrangements for them. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Of I, the They hospital. absorb those costs. Like, right. I guarantee you those kids are not paying for right. that. Well, and they probably... Like you said, if it went to the extent that the first responders thought they were children, I mean, yeah, they were probably really malnourished. So right. they needed maybe around the clock care or something. But yeah, they said that all the kids were reportedly in stable condition. So right. when they were admitted, it was just that they were obviously like in need of a little vitamin D and some food. Yeah, um, and some dental work probably. And, and, and we've seen it in other um, cases where. I wonder, like you said, if they knew even what their ages were, you know, if they celebrated birthdays, if they knew what day of the week it was. Yeah. That's a very interesting story. Telling you people, got to keep checking in on people. <laughs> if somebody doesn't let you see their kids, what's her name again? Lori Vallow. Lori Vallow. That bitch. <laughs> If somebody doesn't let you see their kids, there's an issue. Lori, where are your children? Oh, my goodness. I need to know. I, not only that, I have so many questions, and there's so many things that have come up 
if you haven't already, go find a Facebook group. These Facebook groups that are like Lori Valley, where your kids, I don't know exactly what the titles are, but man, these people, you have your own little body movings out there looking for <laughs> Lori Vallow's kids. They're scouring the internet and I mean, the, the connections they have made on these pages are incredible. And I think once that one is solved, it probably won't be uh, abused to this extent, like the Turpin family, but obviously um, the kids have probably met their demise. So yeah, this cra- this gracious crazy, <laughs> this crazy is crazy. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yep. That was a crazy one. So if you guys, like Bettina said, would like to send us anything, you can do that by going over to the Instagram page. And that handle is at a stranger danger podcast. You can email us at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. The page name is stranger danger colon a true crime podcast. And you can go further and join the group stranger danger colon murder lovers. You can also find us on Twitter at, S- at <laughs> SD True Crime Pod. <laughs> Good job. It's my first rodeo. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. bye bye. <laughs> bye.